0: one of the most dramatic cases of demonic possession that we've had on the podcast so far, the connection between the BLM movement, entertainment industry, and new spiritism, and more on this week's Spirit Answers podcast. Well, I am very, very excited to have on the podcast today, Ivani Greppi, if I can get the, the book in the camera there, author of the book cast out just came out this year. Uh, we will get to that novel here in a little bit. Uh, but before we get to that, I just want to say thank you so much for joining us.
1: Thank you. My pleasure. I appreciate
0: yeah it's it, it's my pleasure and an honor to have you on so uh we will get to the book like i said here shortly but before we do um i want to go into your background and your testimony a little bit and uh it's it's a really fascinating one ends with a one of the most dramatic deliverances i've i've ever uh experienced just in my research uh but before we get to that part of your testimony your story and uh, uh coming to relationship with Jesus Christ really starts with the spiritual doorways that were opened up in your family lineage. So can you kind of take us through, uh, those beginning years in your life and, uh, how that was with those different spiritualities growing up?
1: Yes, Uh, I was born in Brazil and my family, uh, my grandparents, great grandparents were immigrants from Spain, from Italy. And they already brought with them the belief system that we call Spiritism, that were there were mediums and healers. So my Italian great grandmother did more of the healing, not so much the uh, the medium part where you become possessed by a spirit, but my Spanish side did. They already practiced, you know, that that type of uh, spiritism, and I i grew up, I was born into this family that had many generations before of practicing spiritism.
0: And it, from what I understand, it's really interesting that when it comes to spiritism, I think many Christians uh, don't understand, especially people that have been Christians, <clears throat> excuse me, for their whole life, they don't understand how uh, people could be involved in this in in these different uh, spiritualities. But what I think is really fascinating with your story is that your family um, going back generations, they were having some, quote, successes with these um, different spiritual backgrounds in terms of, quote, helping people. And uh, I, th- I believe one of them uh, was able to w- wasn't I believe your grandfather able to help find someone? Was that right?
1: Yes. My, my dad's dad, um, when he was a little boy, he wasn't considered a medium, but he had, uh, what they called in Brazil, uh, divisions, I guess it would be the same thing here, visions. And there was someone in the neighborhood that was missing for a long time. The horse took off and, he was able to visualize where the man was and they found them. And also the story about the, the piglets. He saw the little pigs being killed by a fox. They had pigs in the, in the yard in a little pen. And when they went to check, the pigs were fine. The little piglets were fine. But later on that night, everything that he predicted came true. And we believed this to be a gift for any, any contact with the spirit world or having uh, premonitions or, or being able to predict things was considered a gift. But yeah. as we go on with, the, with your talk, we'll be able to explain that, unfortunately, these are just, um, they're not gifts. They're tricks that demons use to make us believe in them and worship them, thinking that they're good when they're not when they're really just trying to keep us away from from the the gospel, from God, because it's a very tangible, powerful means of control.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, the enemy is very crafty. He knows exactly what uh, he needs to do in order to deceive us. And it, and it becomes very, very challenging when you're having these uh, quote successes. People are, are quote being helped. And you're in, even outside of this, you know, we, we've seen before, we talked about before on the show, people being healed, so to yeah. speak. And uh, it's very, very confusing when you're not in raising that biblical uh, foundation of truth to have that discernment. Um, but. With yourself, you also had some abilities then. And uh, another thing we've talked about before on the show is is the uh, family lineage passing down certain abilities from generation to generation, as as it relates to uh, the spirit, the spirit, these different uh, spiritual practices, opening up doorways and uh, bringing in, like for example, with yourself clairvoyant abilities and so that was one of the things i wanted to ask you about with yourself was that were you were you also trained in in these types of uh different cl- uh clairvoyant abilities or were these just different uh traits that were passed along to you by way of your family
1: uh, there, were, there was no training uh because i grew up in it it was part of our lives we
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then some people in the family were considered I was considered to be born with a gift because from little, as far back as I can remember, I saw spirits or what we call shadow people. They call shadow people here. In Brazil, we call them votos. They're just shadowy um, humanoid forms that would walk around. And I saw this all day long. It wasn't like I would see it once in a while. It was like, I was in the physical and the spiritual, and it was terrifying for a little kid But to my family, it was considered a gift because they felt that I had, not everybody was a medium in my family. Everybody believed in the uh, spiritism that we practiced, but not everybody was a medium. My my mother was never considered a medium, even though she had strong uh, clairvoyant, uh, I guess, talents, you could say. Uh, But I was born already seeing these entities, and not understanding, but was always told by my family, and especially my grandmother, and my great-grandmother, my grandfather, who wore mediums, that this was a gift, and I was too little, and as I grew, eventually, I would be able to be trained to, to receive the spirits like they did, and help people to heal, and so forth, so that's, there was no training specifically when I was little. I already had, I was already born with the, being able to visualize to see, not so much hear all the time, most of the time there was no sound. Occasionally there were, there were when I was waking up, but um, it's just, uh, you know, and also having the ability to foresee certain things, that these are tricks that demons, you know, put into my mind or they whisper into your ears, you know, it wasn't anything that I had. It was not, not a gift. It wasn't from God. It wasn't, it was just something that was, um, physically and spiritually put there by these beings that were surrounding us because we were dedicated from birth to, to demons Without really realizing, like you said, my parents were the most wonderful, caring people. My grandparents, great-grandparents, they were loving. Nobody was doing, you know, anything to harm anybody as far as the spiritual part. There are some religions that do, you know, they they do the um, voodoo type of thing. And, Mm -hmm. you know, they were totally against that. And we even talked about Jesus and God, but we didn't believe in the Bible. Mm -hmm. You know, because... The Bible that we believed in was written by a spiritist who's from France, Alain Kardec, and that's we we were called Kardecists, and that's what we followed, and it's the uh white, you know, white magic, like you would call it here. Only good spirits were allowed to communicate with us. But as you know, the spirits that you know, they, it can manifest as a grandparent or as an angel of light, like the Bible says. Mm-hmm. And it's all demons. You know, they're all demons and they know. They know everything about us. They've been here since, you know, before we were made, before man was created. So uh, Satan, you know, he's in his demons. They know they can read like body language. Maybe, I don't know if demons can read minds, but I know that they can, they're very, very astute as far as humans, you know, we can't compare our intelligence to theirs. And they've been around forever, so they know, they know what happened years before. And as far as predicting the future, the way I look at it is sometimes that they not necessarily, I don't know if that they can predict the future, but I believe that they can create the future that they predicted to make us believe even more, you know, oh, you are gonna have an accident? Be careful, you know, your tire's gonna blow. And, you know, they, they do create, as you know, uh, physical problems as far as uh, even technical problems when you're doing your show, you know, a lot of times you have interference. So they have the ability to do things like that. And so I don't believe so much that Demons have the power to see into the future, but they can create certain events that look like they predicted it. And mm-hmm. or the medium predicted it. Mm-hmm. So
0: And uh I want to go back to something real quick and mm-hmm. I appreciate you bringing this up, which is that uh, you know, we call these like talents or abilities, but we use that term very loosely, uh, because even though there are these these uh, different uh, you know quote positive things that are happening as a result of of what's going on in the in the spiritual realm and and uh, the gifts that the demons are providing, they come at a cost. Mm-hmm. Um, and for you, it, it, just understanding uh, the little bit that I do under that I know about your background and your story, you were tormented perhaps more than than most I know that are in uh, that practice these different spiritual beliefs, and so can you take us through um, some of the different things that you had experienced growing up there in, in Brazil? And if you like, uh, I know when you moved to America as well, uh, and then you eventually you move, you moved back to Brazil, but just in your, in your childhood, what were some of the different things that you experienced on a, sp- from a spiritual perspective um, as it relates to some of these shadow beings or some of these uh, manifestations that you saw that were uh, you know, because even though you did have these clairvoyant, uh, traits, you were also being tormented as a result. Uh, it, was, it was a give and take. So what yeah. was going on here as it relates to some of these different uh, experiences?
1: Yeah, I never understood. You know, as a child, I, I, I would be so afraid because I could see, like I said, there are people that in, in my family, my sister, for example, she would see not all the time, but we, we shared a couple of incidents that we both saw spirits at the same time. But it wasn't a constant thing. With me, for some reason, it was constant. Even my mother believes even when I was born, I was already seeing things because uh, as a baby, my eyes would track around the room and then I would cry, you know, terrified. So I don't know, Alex, why I was... uh, The torment came from fear. I was very, very afraid of these things. And I felt that it was always trying to hurt me because it was always I felt like it was always like right behind me like I you know you know that sensation when somebody's when you're walking and you feel like somebody's about to, to come up behind you and grab you I had that sure. constant constant feeling I would be in school and all of a sudden I would feel that thing just come behind me or it, it was just there lingering I would wake up with you know this horrible dark um, being just hovering over me and you know I, my mother it was a constant thing i would cry out every night in fear and i lived in brazil until i was nine so until i was nine in brazil this was a constant thing so the way my parents and my grandparents dealt with it my grandparents were were mediums. my great-grandmother was a medium they would bless me and they would do the rue behind the ear the um, herbal baths to clear of negative energy and all that but they knew that I needed more. So we would go to the cardist Center where uh, we called it mesa Branca, which is white table, which was like seances. So the mediums would sit around the table and the, the guests who were called patients would be sitting around the room or standing around the room. And the medium would receive their spirit guides and the spirit guide would tell my mother what was going on so it was the same story all the time she's a medium she's too young the spirits want to communicate through her because she has this gift and she's too little to understand when she gets older she'll be able to develop as a medium and she's going to have strong powers to help people Blah blah. blah. it was like always the same thing so the the help for the attacks were like incense clearing the house of negative energy lighting candles making offerings um and then uh after you know your question uh triggered that because i i, I went to the bible and i thought is there something that i can find in the bible why because i'm not the only person that's gone through this obviously there are many Unfortunately, children that that have experienced these, uh, like you said, tormenting, or adults that were tormented by spirits. Many, many people. I'm sure you know you've interviewed or have heard, or read testimonies of people that have gone through this. So I, I looked up um, Mark chapter one verses twenty three, twenty eight, and then I went through Mark, Matthew and Luke, and I looked at all the times that Jesus did deliverances and uh, cast out demons, so it was such a a variety of um, levels, I guess you could say, like, there was a demonically possessed man that walked in the synagogue, and Jesus just cast the demon out immediately right there, and then, and we didn't know too much about this man, but he was possessed He walked into the synagogue, and he was delivered there. Then there was the uh, man that was blind, deaf and mute. So you get the spiritual with the physical, which hopefully we can talk a little bit about that because of the mental health thing. I would really be interested in talking because a lot of people believe that it's all uh, mental, you know, chemical imbalance in the brain that causes these things that you're you're having. um, I can't remember the correct term, but when you see things that aren't there, Oh yeah, hallucinations. Uh, hallucinations, and mm-hmm. then uh, other people believe it's drug induced. Other people believe that, but it's really it could be. A, I'm a nurse. I'm a registered nurse, so of course I believe that there's chemical imbalances that causes mental health issues and things like that. But one of the main problems, and you know, I don't want to get off track, but one of the main problems is that it everything needs to be addressed, not just the physical or the mental. But going back to the Bible, and then, uh, you know, the the uh, man that was possessed by thousands of demons that he called Legion, and they were delivered to, um, this, these demons were sent into the herd of pigs, or swine, and the difference between this man and the others is that he told this man to tell his, to go and tell his friends what the Lord had done, and he how the Lord had compassion for him. And the difference also with this one was the only time that Jesus asked who he was, who, what his name was, and he said, Legion. The other ones, Jesus didn't even let them speak or ask them any questions. And then there was the little girl, uh, the daughter of a uh, Kenite woman, that she asked Jesus to cast. We don't see him doing it, but because of the woman's faith, Jesus delivered her. And Mary Magdalene had seven demons, um, and then there's a little boy that got cast into the fire and foamed at the mouth, and the parents were begging Jesus to deliver him, and and he he would physically get hurt by these demonic beings. So that kind of gave. The, there are more, I'm sure, uh, a lot more um, verses that talk about the you know different demonic possession, but. I read that and I thought, you know, I don't know if if I can give you a clear answer. I just, all I can say is what my family believed is that I was like a magnet. Like I was born with this gift that they called gift and the spirits were just waiting to be able to communicate with me. And they didn't realize that I wasn't ready yet. I wasn't prepared because you're supposed to be uh, at least um, old enough to be able to control the spirits because you willingly uh, become possessed so this is how they you call on these spirits to, to possess you so you can you know they can talk like if it's a spirit guide or if it's an ancestor spirit you know they'll, they'll give the message to to whoever you know is that seeking help mm-hmm. so we we got and, and you mentioned healing you know we 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 believed and yes people did get healed from fevers you know we didn't go to the doctor it was rare i don't remember ever going to the doctor when i was little in brazil we we went to the pharmacist and they did give us shots for you know when we were very sick but most of the healing was through spirits and yeah and my cousin was born he was in the hospital he had um It was the bloody diarrhea it was an infection and the doctors couldn't heal him and they just told my aunt take him home and just wait because he's going to die you can't he's not going to make it there's nothing else we can do he was a newborn and my aunt you know of course my my grandparents were blessing him and doing everything that we knew that spiritual that could be done but there was a a spiritist a medium there that was he was Called the sailor, the spirit that he received was a sailor, and he did surgery. I don't know if you've ever seen that the spiritual surgery. I yeah, have not. I, you haven't? That's really interesting because uh, they they actually do like they cut into people and like they scrape people's eyes and without anesthesia for cataracts and people don't even blink. It's it's just crazy. It's demonic, oh. and yes, people do get healed, but like you said, there's a price because the more you feel you know my aunt for almost her entire life praise god now she's delivered she had deliverance as well because she was part of the you know she was also a medium and she believes she gave her life to christ and and was set free but you know up until then until we realized what happened she believed that this was a good spirit and and it was very hard to to turn around and say oh we can't believe in this anymore because we saw with our own eyes miracles happen. But there was always it's not like Jesus Christ, he died for us on the cross and the miracles that he does every day, that he still does miracles, he he doesn't ask for anything in return, but these spirits did. You had to, to constantly um worship them and give them um offerings and it was it's a constant thing. It, And then coming back to America, you you asked how it was as far as, am I kind of going out of, out of our. Oh, no, no, you're
0: fine. You're fine. Yeah. So, so any, any uh, experiences uh, that you wanted to talk about either in Brazil or America?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I continued. It was the same when, when I came to America, I was nine and I continued that nothing changed. I continued seeing spirits, you know, everywhere and And we learned right away because my family—I had family here in America. My great grandmother, you know, was here since she she was a little girl. That's a long story. It's in the book because it's very complicated. But um, my great grandmother was very Catholic, and they didn't believe in any of these things. And and it was shunned. And right away, you know, we were told, "Don't talk about these things here in America because nobody believes in it. They're gonna think you're crazy." So. I lived until I was fourteen. I was yeah, five years in Massachusetts. And we just did what we could as far as we what we believed would help. You know, like I said, the incense, burning, the the herbal baths. My grandmother would intercede in Brazil in their own, you know, spiritual doing the 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 spiritual um prayers over there and sending us books to study because, you know, she felt that I I had to understand Kardec, Ellen Kardec's, um, it's not, it's not called a Bible, but it's the gospel according to spiritism. There, There's four books that he wrote. So I I studied those and, you know, but then when I got older, I was still scared. You know, I was very scared because I still felt that um, horrible, you know, evil that would kind of Sneak up uh, on the uh, one thing that I forgot to mention. Being lit, little, even up to teenager, I could not go in a room by myself. I was always so afraid, and my sister would have to come, in, you know, with me. And she's uh, eleven months younger than I am, and she would just get so tired of having to put up with, you know, having to babysit me basically. And even you know, kids would even tease me in Brazil because I I was afraid to play hide and seek, you know, because I, I was afraid to go under bed or inside a closet or things like that. So it affected me tremendously, but you know, my family always reinforced the fact that it was it was okay. So it, I kept going. And then in America, as I got older, I think that I, I started to feel like maybe I had some powers and and you know, like in school I started testing different things, and you know, I, I had excellent grades. I, I went when I came back to America. I went through high school in two and a half years because uh, I had missed um, two and a half, two two years, uh, a year and a half of school. And when I came back, almost two years. When I came back, they allowed me to catch up, and I did. You know, I went to school, and I don't think it's because I, you know, I. I'm so I'm so intelligent it's, and I did study and I did my work, but I, I, I sometimes I would ask for these spirits to help me. So I, as I got older, I, I started interacting more as far as maybe uh, testing to see if I could if, if they were there and so it, I wasn't as afraid of them anymore. It was more of an interest in how if I had this power, how I could use it and going back to Brazil when I was 14, that's when I was indoctrinated into the Umbanda religion mm-hmm. and that's when I became an Umbanda medium that I would become possessed mm-hmm. by these spirits that were called, de- they were deities that we worshiped. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, um, we're going to get to that here just a second before we get to that. I wanted to ask one more question about your upbringing, which was really fascinating to me when I was looking at your testimony. Uh, and you also, you, you, I think you had mentioned this before, had the ability at times to process other people's thoughts and hear them in your own mind. And many people would think that this is a very cool thing, a very seductive thing. People would want this quotability, but it also came with a downside. And so, uh, can you tell us what that what that was like? The the downside of understanding uh, information that maybe was was hurtful to you at that time.
1: Yeah, especially being young when I was a little girl, I, I couldn't process the a lot of the things that were kind of revealed to me, and it you know it was. I, you think you're reading somebody's mind, but it's like your mind is being, you know, this demon is putting things into your mind. And like I said, they can read body language. They know what's going on behind the scenes because they see, you know, they, they know your history. They know your family's history. So I was not prepared as a little girl to, because I, I didn't understand some of the things that was revealed to me. And it's not, It's it's, it's scary and it's sad because you grow up too fast uh, in a way that you become disappointed. And, you know, children need to have uh, a certain type of innocence, you know, and and a lot of that was taken away from me as far as knowing things that, you know, kids should know little things that, and then uh, when I became older, um, it affected my relationship very much with my husband. I started dating my husband when I was 16 and uh he's older he's a little older of course he had many girlfriends before i did and uh just things would come up to my head and i and i would literally like i mean this is one example um he had a van and he worked night shift and then uh, we went on we on the weekend where we went we we're on a date and i just sat on the chair on my chair and as soon as i sat i had like this image just flashed in my mind of a girl sitting where I was sitting and it was so real it was like I just looked at him and I said who who sat here and he just looked at me and he said what are you talking about and I said there's a girl that sat here on this chair and she had brown hair and I described her, and and then I reached back and and I found like a, a hair clip or something and I was like is this her as well? so I was very uh, insecure and I was very paranoid and I was always because You know, this information that—I mean, to me—that made me always feel like I knew too much that I didn't. And he said, "This a girl I work with. We went to get lunch for everybody. It's not a big deal." But to me, it was always a big deal because you know, my trust was always like—I never really trusted people—and it was so no, it's not a good thing at all. And. It it, it can cause, because demons lie as well, you know, they're, they, you know, Satan's the father of lies and they'll lie to get whatever they want from you, you know, to, to even seek them more for more information. And it's sad. It's, you don't want that. It's seductive, but you don't want that.
0: Yeah. And I would think just incredibly overwhelming. I I would think it'd be overwhelming as an adult, let alone as a, as a child. child. That's a lot to process, a lot of thoughts that you, you don't uh, understand, and then a lot of thoughts coming your way. Uh, mm-hmm. On top of the, your own thoughts, I would think things could, would get cluttered very, very quickly. Oh,
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So you, you, and you had mentioned already uh, the Obanda spiritism that you got into. And so um, I think it's really fascinating because many people probably listening to this are not familiar with that. And it you were already involved in different spiritual practices, but this was very unique even compared to what you were doing um, already. And so can you explain to us what Umbanda Spiritism is and how you got involved with that?
1: Yes, it's very common in Brazil. Actually, Umbanda is from Brazil. It started in the early 1900s from... Uh, a young man that was a medium in a, what i mentioned earlier the white table where they do the seance type of thing and the story is that while he was and they also always mentioned that you you know only spirits of light could come we know they're not we know they're, they're demons but the while um practicing uh, in this uh temple or, or this uh, house of Prayer, they called. It's kind of like a church, but mostly it's a table. It's just, it looks like a séance. He became, uh, he received. We call they, you don't say possessed. You don't become possessed. You receive uh, the spirit, and he received the spirit of a uh, uh, Indian that to the people around the table that wasn't considered a spirit of light. So he started Umbanda. And the Umbanda is based on spiritism, Cardicism, that I practiced, you know, my family practiced for many, many generations. And then um, for many years, actually. And then the Umbanda um, was mixed with Candomblé, which is, there are three main religions in Brazil that are, close to Umbanda. It's Umbanda, Candomblé, and Kimbanda. The difference is they worship all the same gods, and I'll go into a little bit detail about that in a minute, but uh, Umbanda, there's no animal sacrifice. So there's no blood offerings. The other two, yes, you do, just like in voodoo. So Um, this faith and this practice came from the African slaves that were brought to Brazil by the Portuguese colonists, so in Africa, what they practiced was called Ifa. The Yoruba people, and they're from West Africa. So they were enslaved. They came to Brazil, and they continued with their belief system. They're Afro-Brazilians. They continued while slaves. They of course they they believed in their gods, uh, the gods. So the each god would represent an element like god of uh, thunder, god of um, the mountains, of the uh, lightning, different elements, goddess of the sea, they're, they're goddesses and gods. And they also worship ancestor spirits. So this young man with Mwanda mixed the white table, cardicism, spiritism, with candomblé, which, I, like I said, came from Africa. And then Brazil is not unique to this because with the African diaspora, that's where every pretty much every country has this belief system. Here in the United States, it's just coming up front to the front and center because it was mostly practiced by Afro-Americans. And I think just like we believe that it wasn't gonna be accepted, it was kept more private. Um, it's a very, um, it, you know, it's African uh, religion and it spread to the Caribbean, spread to all the Americas. So the difference is just the, what it's called and a little bit of how the rituals are, are done, but the, the same deities are, are worshiped and the same belief system is in place. So, if you if you talk about voodoo, that is from um, mainly from um, Haiti, and it's also here in in Saint. Um, oh my goodness, I just blanked on the name of where it, they practice a lot of voodoo here in the United States. Um, mm. Is
0: well, it, well, um, is it in New Orleans, uh, I'm Sorry, New Orleans. New Orleans. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's very common there, Voodoo, and because it was colonized by the French, and the French colonized Haiti, and that's the same. Does it make sense? Because it's all the, the African slaves that came, wherever they went, they brought this religion with them. So same thing with the Caribbean and other South American countries where they have Santeria, and there are other names, but it's all the same. It's all pretty much the same. The rituals may change a little bit, like I said in the there's no animal sacrifices, but the belief system is exactly the same from Ifa back in Africa thousands of years ago.
0: Hmm. So, one of the and one of the things that I know was alluring to you about this was that there was a specific uh, deity I believe that you really had a fascination with, which was uh, actually a demonic one. But you, but what was fascinating was that it was one that you also, as a as a practitioner of Umbanda Spiritism, uh, worship, because it because it, it wasn't it wasn't so clear cut. This demonic uh, deity was also one that was supposed to be a protector.
1: Absolutely, they they're all all the spirit guides are to protect you. They none of the spirit guides mean you harm. So when I didn't understand this when I first attended a temple, I was told by the the head medium, uh you know, the, the main uh priest, they're called priests in Umbanda, that I had because you have more than one, you know, like lineage, you have met more than one spirit guide, but you have the main spirit guide and he told me that you know he saw my spirit guide was Jamanja, which Yemanjá is the goddess of the sea and we'll talk about this later but that's who Beyoncé worships and becomes possessed by it. there's Yamanja and there's um there's another um spirit that she that she becomes possessed she literally becomes possessed with uh, and state she's mentioned that before and she worships.
0: Wow.
1: So so it's all the same same god same and You know, it's very attractive because you have, uh, it's very colorful Um, when you walk in. uh, it's The temple is an open space. Sometimes it's just dirt, uh, sometimes it's just cement. And they have the altar. And like I mentioned to you earlier, before we started that, um, because the slaves were forced to convert to Catholicism, Roman Catholicism and worship the saints. They would make that saint, for example, Yamanja was their goddess of the sea, would connect with um, Mary. Shango, um, the goddess, the god of uh, thunder and lightning, and he's a warrior, he would be connected to I can't remember if it's. Um, I have it all written down in, in in my booklet, my testimony booklet. He was connected to Saint Joseph, one of the saints. So basically, what it's syncretized. So the all these religions, Spiritism, it syncretizes with Catholicism. And you do believe in Jesus? They talk about Jesus, but not the Jesus of the Bible. We we have our own Jesus because. The Jesus of the Bible, or the God of the Bible, is not the God that they believe in because they believe that God, the the omniscient God, would not do certain things that the Bible says that He did. So it it uh, cancels out the Bible, uh, the Spiritism, condomble Umbanda, all these religions, even New Age. It does it, it makes the Bible not. Um, necessary because Mm -hmm. you get all your answers from these spirits and you have your own version of who God and Jesus is, which is totally not the biblical Jesus, the historical Jesus. It's a totally different Jesus, like the new age Jesus that a lot of people believe in.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. A little bit of truth mixed with a lot of seductive Mm -hmm. lies.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Mm-hmm. How then? So you, you're going uh, through the, these uh, practices in this uh, in, in Ubanda Spiritism. How then did you go from practicing this to that really dramatic deliverance?
1: Well, that became my my life. Umbanda, you know, as a teenager, and we we would go twice a week, but we we volunteered, you know, just like they do a lot of charity work. We would go to the favelas where the ghettos and bring food, bring, bring clothes to people. So we, you know, did a lot of good works. Um, and, you know, it was very like, uh, you mentioned how the, seductive it can be like the music, you know, there were drums, there were music, candles, flowers, uh, incense. One thing that I forgot to mention in Umbanda, once a month, the these deities that were considered They're not called demonic, but they're demonic because they look demonic and they were the guardians. They were the dark forces that guarded the temple. So you were obligated to worship them once a month. It was on a Thursday and they did possess the mediums there. Uh, And it was um, incubus and succubus. I think it was the closest that would make sense to people that are not familiar with Umbanda. So they would possess people, and it was very sensual and sexual. And there was smoking, there was drinking, and it was close to the public, obviously. And it was not. It was it was pretty heavy. So that was obligated once a month. So they would leave us alone and not uh, disturb the uh, the white, you know, the good spirits, the the spirits of light that um, spirit guides that we worshiped throughout the the month. So, but going back to how did I get from that to being saved and having my deliverance, it's a God is, you know, he he just did something beautiful in our lives. We came back to America about two years later and uh, almost two years later yeah, uh, I had just turned 16 when I came back to, to America. And when I started dating my husband and everything, my husband, by the way, has the same background as I do. His grandmother was a, a priestess in a temple of uh, Narumbunda, of Candomblé, which they do the animal sacrifices and so forth. So he's very familiar with everything that I experienced. But once I came to America, I. Because I was developing as a medium and I was receiving my spirit guides and you know there's that training period, I was still wasn't firmly completely done with my training that they called. It had been about two years. And even though I was I was already giving the healing, um what we called healing passes, but the energy healing and all that. Uh it was always under inside the temple with the the uh, supervision of the uh, main um, priest and so forth. Not allowed to do this on your own, own at home because they said it was dangerous. Of course, it's dangerous. You're being possessed by a demon, but we didn't know that. And and it physically, uh, I mean, you you sweat. You just become physically exhausted from you know going through this possession uh, phase. So when I was told and very seriously, do not even attempt to become to to receive your spirits or to do anything on your own while you're there, unless you find uh, a temple. Which in Massachusetts back then, again, it was in the 70s. There's no way there. I didn't know now here in the United States. There's so many Brazilians and uh, Caribbean Cubans. You can go pretty much in, anywhere in the United States, and, and you will find, you'll be able to walk into a temple, Umbanda uh, temple, Kanobla temple, Santaria temple, temple, all the same thing, in practice. But back then, we lived in a very small town in Massachusetts, and we didn't know anybody, we didn't, you know. So I just obeyed, but I continued worshiping, you know, my, my spirit guides. I had the statues, I had a little altar in my room, and you know, even after I got married, I continued worshipping them with songs and lighting candles and the belief system never, it was our, that's thats what we believed 100%. It was like our DNA. So, and I continued to see, you know, spirits. I continued to see, to have the, the sensation of being, you know, followed sometimes. It wasn't as bad as when I was little because I felt like I had more control and I, Had my spirit guides to protect me, which I would call on. Uh, But I was still—I could say I was very oppressed, very oppressed to the point that when as I got older and I had my children and everything, unfortunately, I would have you know thoughts of not—you know—suicidal thoughts. It wasn't. Constant, but I did have, I had them because these spirits oppress you so much that they, they want to kill you. You know, they they want to take your soul for you know damnation forever. But my parents had a printing shop in Kissimmee, Florida. Um, they still do; it's still. But my sister runs it now with my brother-in-law. It's very small It's a family business, and we had on a sign on the door. Uh, we speak Portuguese and Spanish, uh, English, of course, and a pastor had just arrived from Brazil and this pastor was a missionary pastor that was brought by the Methodist Church in Kissimmee to, uh, because there's so many Brazilians moving to the area, you know, Florida, so they felt like th- there was a need for a Portuguese speaking pastor and he came, you know, he was invited to come and he went to the printing shop to get some business cards done and my sister was working. I, I was uh, I was a nurse at the time. I was I had already finished because I went to nursing school when I was a little bit older. So I, I was in the beginning of my career as a nurse and he talked to my sister. Long story. This is a long story. It's in my testimony, but I know I'm, I'm taking a little bit longer to, to get to the point, but he right away he told my sister you know about Christ she told him what was going on there was a lot of problems going on in our family my my nephew who's only 17 was doing drugs my son was already getting into drugs and I, I found out later um praise god they both got delivered from that they they stopped they they became Christians they gave their life to Christ later as we all did but my he my, my nephew was also, uh, had impregnated his, his girlfriend who was very young. So, my sister was in her 30s and she was late 30s, and all this was, I mean, he quit school. He was a very smart kid and he just gave up college. You know, everything just kind of happened at once and her life changed, and she was so scared for her son's future and so forth. But so she opened up to him and, and he prayed with her. And he he said that he would like to meet the rest of the family, and they were, he was opening up a church, and he would love to have us come and so forth. And I could not stand being around any Christians. I couldn't stand anything about church. I thought it was, it just gave me, it was, it was like repelling to me because of how much, how demonized I was that, you know, anything that was true from God would repel me away from it so my sister called me and she told me what happened and she said after he prayed she felt so much peace that she knew everything was going to be okay and she wanted to become a christian she became a christian give her life to christ and and i thought what is going on here this is insane we don't believe in that we how you know christianity is is crazy these people are all crazy and we know the truth you know uh, uh, Spiritism. that's it and she said, well, I'm having them over. I'd like you to meet him. I was no, no. But eventually I ended up coming to her house to meet the pastor and I couldn't stand him right away. I was like, yeah, I was so demonically oppressed. And, and as soon as I met him, I knew there was something that was very strong spiritually. And we had coffee and everything and before he left he asked me a lot of questions and I was again it's in my testimony I was very angry I I didn't want anything to do with him but the last thing he did was well I I need I'm gonna leave but let me pray and this is when he started praying and I never heard of deliverance you know the only thing I knew was exorcism like you know the movie the exorcist and I, I never heard of deliverance, of casting out demons. I never read the Bible once in my life. And as soon as he started praying, I, I became possessed. It was, And I don't remember a lot of it. Because I, I, you kind of go in and out of consciousness when you're possessed. And it was horrifying for my family because um, they had never seen, my husband had never seen this happen to me. Because it would happen in the temple. But like I said, I... I came back when I was 16 and he had never seen me receive my spirit guide. And he said I was, you know, for the few moments or minutes, I don't know how long it took that I was became possessed when the pastor was praying. She said I was all distorted. I was walking backwards and, and all kind of just really, really scary. And when he told me, I was looking at him like he was crazy because I couldn't remember. I just remember crying and wanting to be away from him. So after that, uh, when that passed and I was crying, they gave me water and I didn't know what was going on. I vomited, which is part of some deliverances. I didn't know that was either. I had no idea. And uh, he told us, you know, you're you're demonically possessed. You need to be delivered. And I, I didn't want anything to do with it. It took a little while, but a lot of prayer, a lot of fasting and eventually i accepted because my son there was a second time that he came because my husband said can he at least come and pray for the house we had a lot of things that happened in my house in kissimmee even the children my kids were who were pre my daughter was 11 my son was 13 14 maybe 14 at the time and they were they were feeling and hearing things in the house and they would not go in my room. I didn't know this until later that they refused. They were petrified to go in my room by themselves because they felt like a, a horrible force there, something that was not good. And we didn't believe in, you know, we didn't believe in demons or anything like that. So, and there were a lot of noises uh, that happened throughout the night uh, and it kept getting worse, you know, especially after the pastor came, uh, they were like, things falling, breaking and you could wake us, everybody up. And we couldn't find anything just crazy stuff kept happening. And my, my husband said, can you at least come and pray, you know, and bless the house because we were still in that, you know, mentality that, you know, the, there's contamination and, you know, bad spirits need to go. Good spirits need to stay. So he came, the pastor came to my house after a lot of, you know, conversation yes no i didn't want anything to do with him he can and my son saw this happen again it happened again and i think this time was worse and but i wasn't willing to give it up i i didn't believe that it was bad i believed that that was my spirit guide and that he was the one fooling everybody but after he left my my son was horrified and my nephew too my nephew experienced it my nephew would. Said that his like hairs on his arm just stood on end because I looked at them. They were upstairs, like on leaning over the stairs, looking at what was happening downstairs while the pastor was preaching, praying. And my my nephew said that I just looked up at them with these like black eyes and just mouthed to them, "Help me!" And I don't remember this, but you know it was the demon messing with them. And um, my son and my nephew said, "Please." you know, do whatever this pastor's is saying, because it was scary. And they described it to me and every time my nephew would tell me his, arm, um, his hair would just stand on end. And so finally there were other things that happened, but finally God showed me that I needed to, it, it got to the point that I knew that this, whatever it was, it was not good. It was harming me. It was harming my family. And I needed to get rid of it. And the only way to get rid of it was through Christ. And the pastor, because he was from Brazil, because he was well versed on Spiritism and Umbanda and Candomblé and all these belief systems, because he came from that as well before becoming a, pres- a pastor, he believed in these things. Like I said, it's very common in Brazil, so he knew exactly what he was dealing with, and he was able to address it. and And then my deliverance—I don't know if you want me to talk about that now. Or not. Yeah, that'd be great hmm so you know there was preparation for deliverance uh, he asked I, I can't say that I had converted yet because I was still being possessed and I was still oppressed and I still kind of held on to that it was still hard for me to let go and I was doing it kind of forcibly at the time and but then at the same time I was it, it was very confusing it it was scary because that my family had converted uh they were on com- there were new christians they were learning and they didn't even know how to pray and we didn't know anything about the bible but he had everybody pray and fast and he didn't want anybody in my house except myself him and his and his wife and then my sister was allowed to come and i didn't know my sister was there throughout the, the this process but it was the same thing. So he and his wife started praying for me when they arrived. And before they arrived, I was so um, influenced by the spiritual being, this demon that I literally decided that I wasn't gonna stay in the house. And I picked up my keys and I ran out to open the door. And when I opened the door, he was already standing there. I was, it it was like, run, run, run. You know, it was really telling me to get out and So when when they came in, everybody, like I said, I was fasting too. That was the first time I ever fasted in my life. I had no idea what fasting was. I mean, we did it for certain events with the uh, Umbanda, but, you know, I never knew that other people did it. So, but this was complete fasting, you know, 24 hours before, and I couldn't pray. He had given me a Bible. I couldn't read it. You know, it it was, it was impossible for me to read it. And so when they started praying again, I became possessed and it was, I think it was five o'clock in the afternoon when it started about five. And I just remember glimpses of what happened. I remember, you know, once I became possessed that I was going through the house and. Grabbing things that were, um, I had everything you can imagine uh, occult in my house, that had been um, consecrated to the demons that I worshipped. So, I remember kind of going through drawers and you know pulling things out. I even remember going in the backyard and digging the dirt because I had buried. I mean, this is crazy, but I had buried one of the the saints upside down. This was to, you know, to sell the house. Just crazy things that we did. Everything you can imagine, you know, uh, besides this, I, we can talk later about other things that I practiced that I believed in, you know, palm reading and tarot cards and all that stuff. So I had all that stuff in my house. I had books. I had CDs. I had uh, images, um, the beads, whatever you can imagine. It was all over my house, saturated, things on the wall so the whole process was going through and and clearing this and this demon refused to go it was a it was a big battle and most of what i got like i said i had glimpses kind of like in a dream remembering i remember some things clearly other things i don't remember at all because my sister was there and of course the pastor and the wife his wife they told me later what happened but the the craziest thing that happened was when the spirit was cast out. And I remember the yelling of, you know, the pastor saying in in, name, in the name of Jesus Christ, get out. And it was the final, because I, he was trying throughout this time, throughout the deliverance uh, process, he was trying and the demon refused to, to leave. It was um, my entire life, you know, it was, so when he yelled that this is i remember this clearly that i felt my body kind of like go up and not kind of my body went up in the air backwards like this and it was wow. in a hallway i had a long hallway and i i felt my body just flying backwards and it flew a few feet back like this and i felt when i fell you know I on my back and i remember thinking oh my gosh i'm going to crash my my head on the tile it was all tile it, it, it was so crazy um because Alex I, I can't even tell you I fell and as soon as I fell something was just like exploded like out like I, I never felt I opened my eyes I'm still laying down on the floor and I looked up and I'm looking around and literally my entire life I. F- there was like this veil that was like I, everything was kind of like dark. That was lifted, and and it was I. I never saw so much brightness in my life, so much color in my life. It was, it was. Uh, I I just looked around like, and I felt so light. I felt so happy, and I accepted Christ, of course. And I just never. Oh, so I looked at the clock. When I looked at the clock, it was two o'clock in the morning. So eight hours had passed. Wow. And I swear, I mean, God is my witness. I know I'm not supposed to to swear, but to God, but God is my witness that throughout this time when I opened my eyes, I figured it had been about two hours. You feel the time pass, you know, when you're no, I I could not believe eight hours. That all this took eight hours. And normally it doesn't. Normally, you know, people are, are delivered with a prayer. It, it happens differently, just like in the Bible, just like these examples that I gave you. You know, Jesus does everybody. He, does, he doesn't He does have a format. He doesn't have a formula to, you know, this prayer, do this, do that, use this, do that. No, he, he delivers us. He heals us the way he wants to do it and the way that he needs to do it so it took it hours for me and some people say it shouldn't take so long you know it should be immediate but maybe it was still my resistance you know that was still allowing this the spirit to possess me i don't know but i i can tell that's what it took was eight hours but i never felt so much joy because since i was a little girl i guess i had never really experienced real joy of course i was very Happy when I, my children were born, when I got married, you know, these things. But it was, this is different. It was a different kind of just beautiful uh, light sensation that came over me that it was the Holy Spirit. And my husband came home and they were waiting, you know, my sister, my, the kids were sleeping. And finally, my husband came home and my son, like I said, my son was a teenager and there were like bags and bags and bags are filled with stuff that was in these trash bags and they were you know my sister put them all in the garage that we were going to burn because they're all you know consecrated to to the demonic and when my husband walked in he was angry because he first of all he felt like it took so long and what happened and nobody had called anybody during that time because my you know he said don't call because you know you don't want to interrupt anything so we only called after it was over and when my husband walked in the house he smelled smoke because literally the house was filled with the smell of smoke like sulfur smell and because you know spirits can do that um they can do they can leave scents you know to to make people think of their loved ones you know the perfume or cigarette smoke but this was like horrible smoke smell and he he saw smoke. My husband, when he walked in, he 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 said there was smoke in the house. We're like, okay. I said, no, this this in my the pastor said this is from the deliverance. This is literally you smelling the, the you know there was a lot of warfare going on here, and my husband didn't listen to him. He said there's fire. Something's burning. He literally pulled the refrigerator away from the wall to look. He thought we had like a a wire was burning. That's how strong the smell was. Wow. So we were like amazed and and after that was done, you know it took a, a little while for everybody to understand what happened, including myself all I knew was that I was free. I had never felt free in my life, and this was um it started on Saturday before Easter, and uh so it went to two o'clock on the in the morning, which was Easter. So by the time the pastor left, it was probably three. I went to bed, took a shower, went to bed, I don't know, maybe three thirty, four 4 o'clock in the morning. And he said he was gonna be at the lakefront in Kissimmee. They're gonna have a, a sunrise service that started, I think it started at seven, I don't remember. And with the Methodist church, if I wanted to go, he was gonna be there and I, was, I never went to a service before in my life, much less a sunrise service. And I thought, well, I never wake up early because, you know, I'm a, especially if I'm a night person. And this was like already the next morning. And I said, well, if I wake up and, you know, I'll I'll go and I did. I woke up whatever, two, three hours later, ran, you know, took a shower, ran and went to the lakefront and, and saw my first sunrise service right after mm-hmm. my deliverance and, you know, accepting Christ. So I, I, it was such a blessing. It was such a beautiful, just, uh, you know, present from from the lord that we don't deserve it you know we don't deserve anything that he gives us because we're so you know we're so like he says dirty rags (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know that in the bible but he's so loving and so merciful and graceful that that was my my walk in christ from then on you know Mm -hmm. i've been serving him
0: yeah, beautiful. I love that that uh, timing of that, how it lined up with Resurrection Day like that. Absolutely phenomenal. Like you said, yeah. what a gift.
1: Yeah, it was. It was. I mean, any day would have been a gift, but to have that, it was. It was powerful. It was very
0: powerful. Oh, I, I can only imagine. And uh, just so thankful that you you were delivered, and what a what a crazy experience. And uh, we've had some people on here before uh, as we've discussed their deliverance process, but. Uh, just, I, I don't think I've ever had somebody say that they were literally thrown back like that, and yeah. then to to not um, the I, I believe you said you didn't even feel the the, the pain that you should have felt with nothing. that tile. Nothing. Um, that's that's remarkable.
1: Nothing. I I thought I was gonna you know go to the emergency room because I could I I could feel myself falling backwards, flying backwards, and nothing. I had nothing. Wow. I just woke up feeling like wow. You know they say you're new creature in Christ new creation in Christ and I was and I think we all are once we accept Christ and we're delivered from all the you know the if, if you're involved in any any type of anything that doesn't glorify God you know you you may not necessarily be possessed but you will definitely oppressed definitely have demonic oppression surrounding you and got in and messing with your mind so.
0: Right. Yep. So any, any kind of sin unfortunately it's it, it's a doorway to the enemy. And the more you do it, I believe the the, the bigger that door gets. Mm-hmm. Uh whether that's uh spirit you know, practicing other uh types of spiritual practices outside of uh Christianity or a relationship with God or mm-hmm. um you know, having a a substance abuse issue, whatever that is, you're going to be opening up doorways. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I so.
1: believe that drugs definitely open up doorways to demonic
0: yeah. Yeah, oh, there's a there's a there's a great overlap there. There's no doubt about it. When and you have mentioned this a little bit already. Looking back now at your time in Ubanda Spiritism is is uh, very alarming and eye opening for you as you look now at the at the current landscape of especially American media and um, and so you know quote social just, justice causes. Because one of the most one of the more fascinating things uh, as it relates to bond Spiritism is that it it correlates so much with uh, like you were saying, Beyonce, and even I'm sure many people would be surprised by this. But you have an excellent article written about this on your blog, and we'll give that out at the end where people can find that blog uh, uh, so people can read it for themselves. But with uh, the Black Lives Matter movement. The, the people, I'm sure, would be very surprised to understand how much all of this overlaps, but it does. And so can you take us through how you uh, have come to find out that what you were practicing there uh, in, in Brazil with Ubanda Spiritism and what you see now in the current landscape and social justice and in entertainment has overlapped so much?
1: Yes. Going back to the African roots of Ifa, from the Yoruba people in West Africa that practice. Ifa is the same practice that I, that we've been talking about uh, Umbanda or Voodoo or um, Candomblé, Kimbanda or um, Santadia. And there are other names, but these are the most common ones. So ifa is the, the main religion in Africa. So what surprised me when I started uh, reading different articles about uh, Black Lives Matters, and I made the connection. I I had no idea either that they worship the dead, and you know we'll share the link to my article, um, and it 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 explains I believe it very clearly the whole how. It links, but the founders of Black Lives Matters practice IFA, the um, this religion that they believe in spirit communication, spirit, they believe in, in, in communicating with the dead without getting into much detail of what it is and what they do, because it's very similar to what, everything we already talked about. They um, Before every time that we saw on TV that they, they were having their, um, they called their protests. Every time they had their protests, especially after George Floyd was, was killed, uh, they always have a, they, they offer libations, which, you know, is offering like drinks to the spirits and they have a ceremony prior to starting their protests because they practice Ifa, they practice this um, spiritual religion that believes in contacting the dead. So again, without getting into too much detail, they, with their own mouths, they, they talk about how this movement is a spiritual movement. So people need to realize how dangerous this is we're following people a lot of christians are following black lives matter because of course black lives matters nobody's saying that they and and what happened to george floyd, floyd was horrible nobody would or anybody that gets killed by the police it, it, it's not we're not talking politics here you know any any christian they're not going to agree that you know these things are are, are good or That, you know, people should be treated differently because of their race or their color or their religion. No, but what happens is people fall into this social, like you said, the social justice mentality, and they think they're doing a good thing, but they're, they're literally coming into a spiritual bondage because they're participating in a ritual Unknowingly, they are because they're protesting, but they're participating in a spiritual ritual that was started before the cameras even were started rolling. Uh, they do other things, you know, besides libations. They, they, you know, the, you see people with sage and uh, doing um, incense and offerings and flowers and all this other stuff that we do in these other religions and and we did and what I practice. But the the scariest thing is that when they say. And this is from their mouths. These are quotes from them that I have in my article. When they say, call his name or call her name, and they call these people's names, you know, when they were chanting George Floyd's name or whoever was killed that they, they were chanting, they're not honoring the people. Like we you know, most, I, I believe most Americans believe that, that they are honoring the lives. of No, they're literally calling on the spirits of these people. Uh, calling on the spirit of the dead to come and participate in this protest. And we know as Christians that to die once, then comes judgment. And there's no way in the Bible that says our spirits come back to earth. Once we die, God's going to decide whether, you know, we go to hell, we got or we stay with him forever. There's no coming back, there's no reincarnation. That we always strongly believed in reincarnation before I became a Christian. That was part of my belief system. That's part of Umbanda, that's part of the uh, IFA belief system that BLM um, leaders believe. So they're calling on these spirits, believing that it's the spirits that the are con- contacting spirits of these people that died when they're actually calling on, on demons. So every, you know, of course, this, all this turns to, to chaos because people can get possessed by, you know, just you're inviting demons to be part of this, you know, they're everywhere. Anyways, they're, they're not very polite. They don't really need invitation to, to do a lot of things, but this is, you know, uh, a ritual to, to, have many many people bow down to to satan and worship him because that's what you know it the bible says you know you, you're not to to contact the dead it's you know it's an abomination to the lord and that's what they're doing and i think we talked about beyonce practices this uh, her husband um and i i have many other people in my in my book in my blog and different articles that that openly practice this type of faith this type of religion they call Ifa here same thing umbanda no difference so it's being introduced into the culture through you know music through social justice politics and the the scary thing is that people are just being you know like that story they say about the frog you know you put the frog in the water and then slowly start to boil the water they they don't they never feel it get hot enough to jump out it's a slow process and they die i think that's what's happening with america you know the fabric of america uh just has become so contaminated with these spiritual beliefs that are real that are dangerous and Kids are practicing it, like kids that look up to Beyonce. There, there are websites that teach kids how to um, channel the the deities that that Beyonce worships, and that she becomes possessed to to become, you know, beautiful, to get this, to get that. And you know, kids are doing witchcraft. They're learning to do, you know, potions. And I mean, you know, from Harry Potter to. Disney, there's so everything has to do with, uh, there's a cult behind it. It's cute, some of this, it's, it's, you know, we talked about that, how in America, like most countries that I mentioned, Africa, Brazil, uh, Caribbean, we practice these things as religion. This is our religion. But here in America, it's introduced as um, entertainment. So mm-hmm. it's introduced through song, through through culture, through um, TV movies, literature, and now openly in politics through you know BLM mm-hmm.
0: yeah
1: so it's very dangerous, very dangerous.
0: It is and it comes back to the enemy being very, very patient, uh, very smart because he's been studying us for so long and I think you even see a little bit of this in the, in the Bible like in the Old Testament, very patient with uh, incorporating these other spiritual belief systems into ancient Israel. So, uh, you know so so patient that it was just here and there uh in, in 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 Israel where people were practicing these uh uh different spiritual beliefs and all of a sudden you go from here and there to uh the people that were supposed to be taking care of the of the temple the most high priests in in ancient Israel were all of a sudden doing uh pagan practices in in the temple of God and right. it just it really reminds me of that I just think that once again Satan is very subtly inserting these different uh, practices into our culture, like you said, much more now. I think through entertainment and through uh, social justice, uh, and, and it extends to everything, and it goes to new new age as well, uh, yoga. Um, yes. I I even think you can, you can talk about like uh, you know drug. Drug use, uh, you know, really since the sixties, it seems like it just continues to ramp up just a little bit every decade where it becomes more mainstream. And of course, witchcraft is, is all over, uh, Mm -hmm. mainstream entertainment, uh, whether that's through Harry Potter or different types of, uh, uh, you know, video games or movies and things like that. And what that does is I'm not saying that everybody, uh, that watches these things or plays these things are, are, are of the devil or anything like that. But right. what I'm saying is that it, it familiarizes people and gets people comfortable with it. And all of a sudden, uh, you know, you might have, you might buy yourself a, a book of spells or you might start checking out the horoscopes and it's just, it's just very subtle. And, and that turns into okay. Uh, there's there's never enough. I always I want a little bit more. I want a little bit more, especially for people that are ha- are lacking any kind of spirituality in their lives because we're spiritual people beings. We need to have that relationship with God. And if that's not there, which unfortunately for many people now it's not, they're going to find something else to replace that with. Whether that's the Black Lives Matter movement and this and the spiritual roots behind that with and people not realizing that. Uh, Beyonce entertainment um, seductive. Uh, aspects of that entertainment like Beyonce's um like you said calling on these beings in the middle of uh performances that is seductive to people people even if they don't realize that there's a spiritual background behind it there's there's an allure there just like we've been talking about before with with your own spiritual practices growing up that I think is seductive to people and with and without realizing it they're opening up doorways to to these different types of spiritualities and it's very I think it's scary and I think it um especially, you know, it, it just reinforces the idea that we need to come back to that foundation of truth that mm-hmm. I think, like you said, the fabric of America is slowly slipping slipping away from in the Judeo-Christian understanding and foundation.
1: Unfortunately, uh, yes. You mentioned yoga, which is a big thing. Uh, people don't realize how dangerous that is. Even churches offer yoga. And um, there's a, I forgot to give you, there's a website for people to, there's a lot of resources, it's uh, www.thetruelight.net. And mm. uh, Pastor Mike Shreve has a lot of teaching on that. He used to be a, a yoga guru in the 70s and he has excellent, excellent teachings and his testimony is very powerful. I have it in Portuguese in my blog, but in this web website, uh, my, my testimonies there and his uh tes- and many others many other because we talked about Ouija board being dangerous. Um you know all these things that people play with just for fun. It's not it's it's a very dangerous. You're opening up to demonic spirits, contacting demonic spirits through these means. Uh board, the um tarot cards, you know, palm readings, all these things. Don't you you mentioned horoscopes. You know, all these things open up to. It takes us away from God and opens up doors to demons. Mm.
0: Yeah, yeah. And again, very seductive, very alluring. Um, mm-hmm. But ultimately, like you said, comes at a comes at a cost. Even if you're getting some kind of a what seems to be a benefit at the beginning, mm-hmm. always Definitely. comes at a cost in the end. Uh, and uh, fortunately, myself and many other people had to learn that the hard way. So that I, I, I don't I don't say that. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure Evani the same. Doesn't mean we don't mean to say it in any condemning way. We're just Absolutely. We're trying to look out uh, for people so they don't experience some of the hardships that we we've gone through.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not condemnation. It's it's out of love because you don't want anybody to go through through the pain of being, you know, taken to to being deceived. But I guess that's the best word we can use is being deceived exactly right, right from god yeah
0: so let's uh let's get into the the book that you came out with this year a novel called cast out so if you could go ahead and give us an understanding of what this book is about and your uh, inspiration for writing it
1: okay the book uh, it's cast out chronicles of a family spirit uh, i was inspired to write it many years ago after i became uh, I was saved. I was delivered, and uh, became a Christian. I wanted to tell my not just my story, but the story of my my ancestors and their spiritual walk with uh, Spiritism. And I wanted my children to understand, you know, the immigration process as well, because you know we have a long uh, history of immigration. So I started writing the book, and it never worked for years it took me about 18 years to to complete the manuscript but finally uh i was inspired after reading um the screw tape letters and uh this present darkness Uh, those two books inspired me to show the the spiritual realm with the the physical to make people understand uh, help people understand more how the demonic and uh how the spiritual works uh, behind the scenes so because of the mostly c.s lewis the screw tape letters i started writing the book in um, demon's point of view which is very difficult to do but and uh i remained biblical throughout the book i read you know um there's a lot of biblical verses within it's it's fiction obviously but it's based on a hundred years history of how my family, um, became immigrants from Europe to South America and North America. So it it entails a hundred year history and it shows all the practices that were deceitful, why they were deceitful, how it happened, uh, and how, um, we eventually were saved, delivered and came to Christ. So, um, I'm excited about it. I know it's it's a long book and I think it's a little hard to get to the beginning because it starts off a little because of, it's not backstory but it does go back. It starts in 1997 when I was uh, delivered and it goes back to 1897. So it kind of goes back and forth, back and forth and he's telling the story of kind of connecting the dots of of um, the whole process of eventually, of course, he's cast out. But it's his chronicles, and he he's chronic You know, the he's telling the story of of this family. And of course, I don't use real names, but it's it was not easy to write. But I'm working on the edits for the Portuguese translation right now. So.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. I I love the concept of the book and the inspiration behind it being the screw tape letters and writing it from the enemy's vantage point. I think that's really, really cool. And like you said, even if it's challenging, it's what what an awesome vantage point to view things from. uh, And and I think a really intriguing one. And um, I have read I've read a little bit of the beginning so far and I can't wait to finish the book. But even from what I've read. Yeah, I can tell you're a fantastic writer, and I—I I, I was saying this before we started recording. I don't get to use my degree very much. I have a bachelor's degree in creative writing, so what I'm saying, there's actually a a four year degree behind that. So wow. you really are a great writer, Thank and um, I can even t- I can tell that in your book. I can tell in your in, in Cast Out. I can tell that in your testimony book as well. Uh, so I I think people will really enjoy that. And um, I also was going to ask you as well, just because I, there are other people I'm sure that are also interested in writing and with your experience now having finished a novel uh no easy feat at all how did you get through those difficult processes uh, or those difficult moments when it was you've kind of hit that writer's block uh so to speak how did you overcome that
1: well there there are many times you, you need someone that's going to be your a... my whole family supported my idea of writing this book and were very patient and prayed and fasted throughout the, the years for me and they never allowed me to give up so it's important to have support friends or writing group support and i had my aunt who translated every chapter and she kept me if if i took too long to write which i did <laughs> she would always you know encourage me don't give up don't and, and there were many times that i just didn't want I just didn't know how I was gonna finish this. There was my my. It was just very spiritual warfare. You mentioned Mark. I'm I'm good friends with Mark Hannon. You know when he wrote the book, how he was attacked physically attacked while at the keyboard. Uh, you know they don't want stories of the truth to come out as far as deliverance and you know how how deceiving these teachings from the occult new age spiritism are so there'll be you're going to have warfare but there's no need to fear because as long as you're doing it for christ which you are you, the main point is when i wrote the book i wrote it i didn't write it for my glory it's for god's glory and and for praying that people that read it that need to understand and and, and, and seek jesus christ and, and leave any of the uh, occult behind, hopefully would be inspired by the book to do that. So that, that was my 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 driving force throughout was that. It wasn't, you know, oh, I want, you know, to sell and become a best. Because there's so many people writing nowadays. And that's not the, the point. The point is to get, for God to use it for his glory and have pay, people that pray for you and with you um, always uh, search God and ask for direction, and uh, do it because stories need to be told. And I think more and more people are. Uh, it's amazing how the past few years, even that I think uh, maybe ten years ago, you didn't hear people talking about deliverance openly or or their um, experiences with the demonic. That was almost taboo I don't know I mean there it was but not not as much as now people are coming out and sharing their stories and and the more people share the more other people will be aware so I think it's very important to write and I think everyone should mm. and especially you know including yourself I know that you you're you're going to school right now but I'm sure you you have a fascinating testimony and that all that does is help because it mm. It, it tells in the Bible. that it, it, There's a verse in the Bible to tell your your what Jesus did for you. So mm-hmm. write mm-hmm. the vision, make it plain. You know that's it's important.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Don't I agree. Give up.
1: Whatever you do, never give up. Mm-hmm. Just keep asking God's direction, and you'll get through it.
0: Yeah, yeah, really well stated. Um, and I and, and again, I think it's really important as well to to highlight. Books such as yours, because we see so many, like we were talking about before, books from the other side, the enemy. There's so many people incorporating his themes into entertainment. So it, it, almost every single person loves to be entertained. They love a good story, mm-hmm. um, and so the fact that w- you have a book that is doing uh, what we see so much from the other side, from the enemy's vantage point, with with truth and themes of truth in there, I think mm-hmm. that's exactly what we need right now. We need more of what you're doing right now um, in order to get. The, the truth out there because unfortunately there's many people that are just not going to uh, seek the truth out maybe in 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 many of the ways that that we you or my you or uh, uh myself would but they would be much more inclined to read a book or a, a novel or um, seek out a, a a movie with these types of themes so i really really appreciate what you're doing and uh i i just hope that it continues to to bless people and i would love i hope i hope that even though this was very challenging, that it doesn't deter you from doing any uh, future work like this if you're interested in it uh, because this, this is just so needed right now.
1: Yes, thank you so much.
0: Of course, yeah. And I want to make sure that we give people an opportunity to uh, find out where the book is at. We'll do that right now. It is on Amazon called Cast Out. Again, looks mm-hmm. this is the, the cover here, uh, Cast Out. And um, I am not sure. I want to ask Ivani real quick. Do you have a place where people can – By the uh, the testimony book as well that you have.
1: Yes, the the testimony is also on Amazon, but my website, which will be, I think, by the time you put this online, my my website should be ready, and you can download a free copy of the testimony booklet. It'll be in English, and there's a a version in Portuguese. The other place. Uh huh. Yeah. The other place you can get the book at. Is that uh, and if you want a physical copy of the the little booklet, the the um, testimony booklet is also on Amazon. But also, uh, deeper revelation books. That's who published my book, and they have a bookstore as well. Uh, there'll be a link on my web website for that, uh, and also and, to to download it for free.
0: And real quick for those who are listening and not watching, the website is uh, just. Her name, greppi.com so Mm I-V-A-N-I-G-R-E-P-P-I.com. I -I -I I will also include that in the description of this, so you can just Mm -hmm. click on the link.
1: Yes, thank you.
0: No problem. And I want to show people as well, we had talked about the the blog, uh, where people can uh, read the article that we had talked about as relates to Ubana Spiritism and BLM and and many other interesting topics as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's going to be there on the screen, com. Mm -hmm. That's it. Also, uh, you had mentioned before, I want to make sure people, uh, can find, uh, it's yes. just the truthlight.net. I believe you said that that was Mike Shree's website. Is that right?
1: Yes. And, uh, he has different people's testimonies there. There are some videos, some audio, and, um, uh, mine is on, if you go to writings, written stories, my, my testimony is there. And he also has, uh, he did, and I think I, we're going to try and put this up on our, um on the website, but he did an, uh, an interview with me regarding Black Lives Matters, And then he wrote an article uh, based on my article to uh, Charisma Magazine, they published that online. Oh, well. that's awesome. So, and um, there's another uh, ministry, um, oh my gosh, I, they they have an excellent article. I'll, I'll send you the, the link to that regarding BLM. I actually use their article, uh, for uh, reference, I oh okay parts of their article. So it was one of my uh, research um, different articles that I researched. Yeah, they're um, Midwest Christian Outreach. Midwest Christian Outreach. Oh okay, they, uh-huh. they have a great article on that, and um, the 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 pastor that wrote it and his wife. Oh my God, I'm so horrible with names. Oh my gosh, I'll get that to you. But Midwest Christian Outreach.
0: Okay. Uh,
1: Pastor, Pastor Don, I can't remember his, his name. That's, Vino, that's, Vino, Vino, okay. V-I-N-O-T,
0: sorry. Awesome, no, no problem. I will include that in the description as well. And yeah. I want to give people an opportunity to, as, if they would like to, they can contact you via Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Uh, uh-huh. Just type her name in, Ivana, Ivani Greppi, and you'll be able to find her at those uh, different social media outlets. So, uh, Avani, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to join us. This has been absolutely, uh, fascinating, enlightening and, and really powerful. And again, just so thankful that you, uh, did not yourself, you didn't give up through all those really difficult, uh, experiences and now are able to use those challenging times, uh, throughout your childhood to now help other people, uh, by the grace of God. So just want to thank you and commend you for everything that you're doing for the kingdom and, and spreading truth.
1: Thank you, Alex. and God bless you and your ministry. Thank you for doing this. This is you know wonderful. I've been watching a lot of your videos. They're very edifying and just you know to have younger people do what you're doing. it's it's a blessing. and I just pray that God continues to use you in your in its ministry as well.
0: yeah thank you i re- I really appreciate that. Well, that is the show for this week, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. A reminder to send in your testimony, your new age to Jesus testimony, your near-death experience, your miraculous encounter, uh, your miraculous healing. Maybe you have an encounter with an angel or demon, whatever that is, uh, feel free to send that to me. Also, uh, just a reminder, I'm taking suggestions as well, so if you have someone's a uh, video that you would like me to check out or maybe another testimony that you found on, another, on a website somewhere uh, as a suggestion to try to get that person on. Love to hear that as well. Uh, feel free to send me your testimony, uh, either just something real quick written out or a video or a suggestion to SpiritAnswersPodcast at gmail.com. Feel free to send in your prayer request there as well uh, or feel free to comment below with any prayer requests. And we also love having prayer requests at our at our uh, Facebook group. That's uh, just Spirit Answers at uh, Facebook. That's, a, that's all it is, just Spirit Answers. Just type that in. You'll be able to find us. Always looking to pray for people. And uh, just want to remind you as well, if you feel so led, uh, in the description below, there is an opportunity to donate to the podcast. Uh, the podcast takes several hours a week. Um, unfortunately, that time is, uh, is is taken away from other things that I could be working on as it relates to uh, school and in my career. So um, if you feel led uh thank you so much uh for any any amount that you feel free that you feel led to donate and if you don't donate anything that's perfectly fine as well i just i'm so appreciative of everything that you do to support the show and i just appreciate your time and 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 listening and just uh as always i will be praying for you and and all the other listeners out there as well um also i want to be able to take the time too this week to um, speak to people that are not sure about this whole god thing maybe you heard uh, Avani's testimony today, and and uh, we're touched in a way that you weren't expected to be. Um, maybe you're thinking maybe there is something to this whole God thing, um, and if that is you, I'd ask for you to take the time here over the next, we'll uh, just say at least several several weeks. Give give God some time uh, to reveal Himself to you, and I would ask you to ask God to reveal Himself to you in a way that is um, personal to you, in a way that you would be able to understand um and i guarantee you that if you are looking for answers you're looking for truth you will find your truth in god it will happen eventually um just sometimes you just have to be persistent and uh i just think that once you do that even if it does take a little bit more time than what you're than what you uh would like you are going to find that life uh, has never felt the way that it that it, it will once you have that relationship with god there, there will be a peace that you've never felt before. And uh, there's nothing like having a relationship with the creator of the universe. Um, So that is all I have for you guys this week. Thanks again for taking the time to tune in. I really appreciate, again, everything that you do to support us. And I look forward to seeing you next Thursday. Right here, same time. Have a great week, everybody. Take care. Bye.